0: What's up, y'all? And welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, as always, Jack Vita. Uh, We've had a lot of great conversations on the show recently. Now that baseball season's over, we have a chance to transition and talk about some other happenings from the world of sports. Now, obviously, we'll have some baseball content coming out during this offseason, and we'll have some interviews as well. So be on the lookout for those. I know that Plenty of people have been tuning in via our Facebook Lives here on my Facebook account, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. I know a lot of you guys are baseball fans, so today we're doing something a little different. We're going to preview the college basketball season. It should be a lot of fun. should make for a very fun conversation, and we're going to have some great content coming out next week, by the way. We are going to, I'll announce it right now because we're going to dive in this conversation. So I'll announce it before we get going. I'm going to speak with a legend from Survivor Borneo. I want Andrew, I want to give you a chance to guess who this might be because Jervis is, we're going to postpone the Jervis. So we got another guy from his cast pinch hitting for him and it's not Richard or Rudy. Oh,
1: uh, Rudy's no
0: longer with us.
1: Um, oof. Those are when I think of the guys from Borneo. Those are the first three guys I think of. So you have to, you have to let me know.
0: All right. It's Dr. Sean, the master of the alphabet strategy. Nice. So we'll be talking with him. And of course, Ryan here is a big survivor fan too. You you like Dr. Sean, Ryan? Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes. There we go. Okay, he likes Dr. Shaw. Very good. All right, so I guess I already brought the guys in. I need to give them a quick introduction. As I mentioned, we're talking college basketball today. Nice little – we touched on it briefly last week, but we wanted to do a more in-depth talk about what to be looking out for this season in college basketball, devote an hour to it. So we're going to do that today. Uh, And we have, first of all, joining us our chief college basketball correspondent, and reporter at the Omaha
1: World Herald, Andrew Stem. Great to have you back, my friend. Always good to chat with Jack, and uh, excited to chat with Ryan here for the first time. I know we're kind of dual admirers of each other's work, (laughs) and now a chance to kind of come together is pretty exciting. (laughs) And, of course, we have Ryan
0: Packett, who also contributes as well to this show uh especially when we're talking college basketball or some major league baseball he w- he was with me last year he filled in for andrew on our selection show uh preview so that was a lot of fun ryan Packet, ryan welcome back to the show
2: thanks for having me jack it's always a good time so uh, i'm excited and yes i'm 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 most excited to get to uh Be on a show with Andrew Stem. So (laughs) that's that's definitely definitely an an admirer. (laughs) Right back at you, buddy. (laughs) Thanks.
0: Very good. So as I mentioned last week, unfortunately, I have not had as much time to get caught up on some of the preseason stuff. And now we are in the regular season. It's very early. We had the Champions Classic just a couple nights ago. We're just getting started, though. There's a lot of stuff that I've missed, even in this, like, Tuesday night was the night that we got all the 30-man or the 40-man rosters. So I did a story on every single team and their 30 on their 40-man roster. So I wasn't that dialed into... The champions classic the other night which is why i brought these guys along because they're gonna help me and i'll provide some analysis along the way first of all ryan were you able to catch the champions classic at all you watch
2: those games i scoreboard watched and then i highlight watched um i didn't watch the games live but i was scoreboard watching so
1: andrew you you were you able to watch those games I watched the second half and overtimes of, uh, Michigan state and Kentucky. And then I will be totally honest. Uh, it got kind of late and I went to bed. Uh, and so I, I, watched the highlights from Kansas Duke, uh, Wednesday morning.
0: So that, yeah, that it did go late. And you know, what's funny is like, Andrew, do you think anyone is ever excited to watch the college football selection show?
1: Uh, you know, I feel like there are some people probably in the Southeast, right? If you're a big Southeast football fan, uh, you root for one of those teams in the SEC, probably. Uh, so it was kind of humorous that they had to keep waiting. That <laughs> Like, it was already late. The game ran longer than two hours in regulation, and then it went to double overtime. And uh, I think the ranking show started like an hour late. So people were just sitting around waiting for that. They were tuning in going, why is there basketball on?
0: <laughs> so my sister... For those who don't know, a proud TCU alum, which, by the way, TCU hoops, we'll talk about them in a a short bit. Yeah, tough loss the other night. But uh, she was so amped up to watch the – she's really into the ranking show. She really wants to, every single week, find out where TCU is. And so she was just like, man, is this game ever going to end? It won't end. So it was a late night, especially – I mean, she, she thankfully loves college basketball too. So she was interested in watching that game. But if you're someone that, like you said, is probably in the Southern Eastern part of the country, basketball is not as big a deal as it might be for these blue blood programs.
1: That was a late night.
0: A lot, a lot of waiting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, like you said, there's, you know, the TCU folks more excited to see that stuff like that. Some, you know Tennessee, right? Those those other non- You're a
0: Michigan all- guy, and you're not excited. Apparently, yeah, I mean these
1: like these things don't matter now, yeah, right? Like the season's exactly. going to play itself out. Like you keep winning, you you you'll be ranked where you need to be, and if you don't win, you won't be. And it's just like there was so much infighting after that first rankings release, and I was like, guys, it doesn't matter. Like the season's going to sort itself out. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's the point. So. Well, uh, my sister shared a tweet with me that said, Who sacrificed the TCU basketball
1: team for the TCU football team? <laughs> that's that's a good point, man. They have been, whew, it has been a struggle.
2: Yeah, it's not just the Northwestern State loss either. I mean, they no, barely Arkansas got Pine Bluff. Bluff.
0: that yeah. game was really right. close. And I actually had a thought after I was tracking that game, and then a couple nights later, Pine Bluff uh, only lost by, like, seven or eight points to Oklahoma. And I was like, man, maybe Pine Bluff is a solid team. Because last year they were uh, somewhere in that 300 to 365 range, I'm pretty sure, because they seem to come up a lot when I'd be interested in watching some games. And this is the thing with this show is that we are strangely – attached to these mid-major programs because andrew actually all three of us attended mid-major programs so um but yeah i was like oh pine bluff and then the other day i can't remember i think it was mississippi state they played mississippi state and they just got blown out and it's like okay that's not the case maybe maybe we need to think about tcu and
1: oklahoma maybe they're not that strong yeah we will transition back to this but we really do need to shout out the Swack. Okay, and I guess indirectly we got to shout out the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 was willing to go on and they set up this deal where they would play road games at all these swag schools. But Grambling beat Colorado. Yeah. And then turned around and beat Tennessee. That was a nice uh, game. Let's see. There was Texas Southern beat um, Arizona State and uh, Prairie View beat Washington State. So, like... And you mentioned those other games, Pine Bluff, like the SWAC has acquitted themselves very well against these, you know, power conference schools. And we can, we can drag it back now and talk about kind of the TCU struggles, but uh, just want to say, we got to, we got to shout out the SWAC because I feel like, you know, you say usually we're not talking about them unless it's like one of the play-in games when we get ready for the, the NCAA tournament. So like shouts to to those guys that those were some really, really outstanding wins for those programs.
0: And I know I shared this with Ryan last year. I've never been to Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I, would, no, nah, I, I was
2: going to okay, ask you. Go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. You know.
0: Go ahead. No, I was just
2: going to ask if you were still planning your vacation for uh, <laughs> Arkansas Pine Bluff. Pine Bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so last year I put out a
0: tweet, and I I was I just liked the name Arkansas Pine Bluff. I'm picturing like. Northern Wisconsin or maybe Michigan's got some spots like this where it's very woodsy. You got a nice lake and a log cabin. Like I love going to that kind of part of the country and when I heard the name Arkansas Pine Bluff I'm like, that sounds kind of cozy. Like that's that's what I picture and I tweeted that and I got these people from Arkansas tweeting back and they're like, it's nothing like that. You don't want to ever go there. <laughs>
1: Just now learning it's apparently the 11th largest city in Arkansas. Wow. Has
0: anyone been to Arkansas?
1: Been like the the fringe edge that kind of borders Missouri.
0: No, Ryan. Never been. I drove through it to Texas. No. And I didn't see a whole lot of what was going on there. The route I was in. So anyway, Razorbacks. They've had a pretty good team the last couple of years, I'm sure we'll talk about them. Okay, yeah, so TCU lost to uh, Northwestern State, and Mike Miles was out of that game, but still, that's a game you should win if you're TCU and you come in as the number 14, I think it's 13, 14, 15, best team in the country. Are we let me flip this back to you, Andrew. Are we looking at the same kind of strength in the big 12
1: conference that we did a year ago? And it sure seems like it, right? Like Baylor's Baylor's looked good so far. Uh, Kansas played real well against Duke. Um, you know, just kind of, I don't know if aside from those two, like, I don't know if, I mean, and then obviously Texas last night, uh, did all sorts, uh, they did whatever they want against Gonzaga. Um, and if we're talking about struggles, we may need to start talking about Gonzaga too. They have not looked overly impressive here so far to start the season, but, um, I think there's a little bit of separation at the top. Um, You know, I don't kind of know where Texas Tech, they had a bunch of guys transfer, and Oklahoma State sort of fall in that next kind of tier. Um, But I think probably from top to bottom, you know, that's kind of one of the advantages, I suppose, of having a 10-team league as opposed to a a 14- or 15-team league like the the rest of the Power Five, Um, that, you know, that that your 10th best team will still be pretty good. And I think top to bottom, again, it's going to be, uh, another really good year for the Big 12. And we're seeing that depth in football
0: right now, too. Like, Big 12 last year for football, definitely a down year. Big 12 football has been really fun this year. Stronger been. than stronger than Big 10, in my opinion.
1: Look at, look at you trying to score all sorts of bonus points with your sister and uh, <laughs> other, other, other friends who graduated from TCU trying <laughs> to talk up the Big 12 football. You're, you're, you're a good big brother.
0: <laughs> Thank you
1: right where
2: you you got any thoughts on big 12 this year they're just I've said you know in my my favorite team's Illinois and I think there's been this battle of who's the best conference in the nation between the big 10 and the big 12 and the ACC's kind of fell out of it a little bit yeah I don't even think it's a debate I think the big 12 has been the best conference for maybe I mean this year I'm not going to say that they are yet because we're so early but I think the last three seasons, the Big 12 has been king, in my opinion. Uh, and I I don't, I wouldn't expect that to change. Especially, I think Big 10's down this year anyway.
0: Well, in addition to that, you've got Houston coming in, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF. Now, UCF had that uh, year in 2019 where they should have beaten Duke. That was a great game.
1: In All Taco Taco fall. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah taco fall was he was so fun to watch he was great um aside from that they don't have a whole lot of history it's a university that's growing quickly though they have a lot of money coming in a lot of students coming into the university but these other three teams are just going to make the league that much deeper
1: yeah yeah it will uh i don't think it will have uh really any competitors to stake the claim for being the best basketball league and you know there are rumors right uh, that they may be looking at gonzaga i don't know whether that would be good for the for gonzaga um but i mean that would certainly increase the brand the league's profile if it needs any more uh to have its profile increased any more on a basketball level because uh gonzaga is kind of the premier mid-major school they're not necessarily a mid-major anymore obviously but uh, in a mid-major conference, so uh, if that ends up happening, um, I imagine it's still many steps away, but that would that would be another feather in the cap for the Big 12. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you look at some of their performances so far, and uh, Kansas has looked good, right? And, I mean, Texas beating Gonzaga last night, uh, 93-74. Uh, that's got to go down as one of the most impressive performances of the young season so far.
2: Ryan, you want to weigh in there? Um, not on that particularly. I think that these, I, I think that these upsets just kind of like a hot take, maybe, maybe a hot take. I don't know. Just something that I just now thought of. I don't think these upsets are going away. I was really thinking about it with the TCU loss. Um, you know, I think the upsets have really got much larger and the quantity has gone up so much more over the last 10 years in the Steph Curry era of more three-point shots. It's going to add more variance. Something that I literally just thought of, and maybe this has been talked about before. I I don't know, but it's new to my brain. The transfer portal is going to make so many more upsets happen, in my opinion, because team chemistry is going to be down. And the mid-majors are going to have a lot more players that have been playing together for multiple years. So that's that's something I just thought of. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but that—that's what I got.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think I would definitely agree. When you look at a team like, um, you know, Davidson, right? Previously, they had Foster Lawyer, who was the high school player of the year coming out of Michigan and played a couple of years at Michigan State, and then transferred down uh, for more playing time. So you—you know—you get a lot of—you um, you know, you talk about team chemistry right i think arkansas while they're ranked in the top 10 they've got between freshmen and transfers have 10 new guys on their roster so they basically overhauled their entire team um and so but you'll also get instances like this where you get guys down transferring right uh who started at big schools like we've seen it at you know minor jack's alma mater valpo where guys like kobe king started at wisconsin uh and transferred down for for more playing time better situation whatever so you get you know, highly talented players playing who would be riding the bench at power five schools are now taking starring roles in mid-major and low-major schools and, and getting a chance to show off their skills. And yeah, I think that, um, you know, the gap perhaps between the very top and the very bottom is wider, but I think the, you know, the middles that we kind of have uh, between the second tier of, of teams and I don't know how many tiers you would say, but down near the bottom is much closer than it used to be. Um, and, you know, with name, image and likeness stuff too, if you get a school that has a big booster who can donate some money and keep a guy sticking around longer, um, you know, all that will, will kind of factor into things. And certainly I think that, I think Ryan's absolutely right. These these upsets are going to be far more frequent. And as as teams focus on hitting the three-point shot, right, that's the great equalizer. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that all these are happening. And, uh, you know, I always like to see them because it makes means that March is going to be infinitely more entertaining.
0: 100%, and I was just looking at the scoreboard today. UMass beat Colorado 66-63 earlier today, and that's a Colorado team that lost to Grambling State, but then they go to Nashville, and they have the big win over the Vols on Sunday. And now we've also got the newcomers to the Missouri Valley, uh, Murray State, Roadrunners, right? Roadrunners? Racers razors racers. Racers. racers racers who's the road runners utsa that's right yeah and i think there's another one in uh california
1: yeah cal state bakersfield maybe yes bakersfield
0: yeah okay racers they're up 12-6 on number 24 texas a&m so there you go i think you're you're definitely on to something there ryan in
1: Thanks.
0: terms of the big 10 Let's let's talk about Big Ten. So, Ryan, let's get you talking about Illinois here. Uh, what's your outlook for the fighting Illini coming into the season? I mean, last couple of years, great regular season team that has not been able to perform in the postseason. What, what are we looking at in 2022 to 2023?
2: I'm really going to contradict everything I just said because this team is very new, but I love this team. I think they might struggle early. But I think by March, they are going to be the best team that Illinois has put out since uh, the 4 5 team. Wow. And my, my opinion why is because, or my, my, sorry, my reasoning why is because this team is so much more versatile than teams we've had in the past. And maybe it's just me rationalizing or trying to cope with losing Kofi Coburn. But I think as much as he obviously helped a ton i think it does limit you a little bit to what you can do illinois now plays like everyone that starts can play like one through four or two through five on the court and i think that's going to be really big they're older um than a lot of teams but the 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 big problem is that it's a lot of new faces though because we got uh shannon jr from texas tech and then we got meyer from baylor so those are huge additions um, but it is it is very new, and then um, and then the Sky Clark um, decommitting from Kentucky and then going to Illinois—that's a big one as well. But uh, yeah, and and when I say best team since oh four oh five, that that doesn't mean a lot. We haven't made the Sweet Sixteen since, so <laughs> that's yeah. What was the best team
0: before that?
2: Before oh four oh five, or in no the no no, no, no.
0: before this year since. 20 2005 so i guess you got last couple of years they had a good team uh around 2010 to 2013 with brandon paul there's some other nice uh dj richardson
2: i'm not a brandon paul fan by the way but okay. uh i thought he was i thought he would run the shot clock down intentionally so we would have an excuse to take bad shots <laughs> but, <laughs> um yeah well, that I, answers that <laughs> yeah yeah the best the best team, I mean, definitely I mean, I don't think the team will be better than the IO Kofi team from two years ago, but that team flopped hard in a massive trap game against Loyola Chicago that everyone knew was gonna be bad this second selection show, showing <laughs> so they were in our regional. But um, yeah. I think Illinois will do pretty well. I think they have a really good shot at um three peating in the Big Ten, but all eyes are in Indiana, right?
0: Oh yeah. We got the Indiana Hoosiers. They're ranked right now. Before we touch on them, though, I wanted to ask you another thing. Andre Curbelo, did he transfer to Xavier? He's a Big East guy. Now, no, right? St. John's. St. John's. St. John's. St. John's. Any hard feelings? Or are you like, eh, okay, we're, we're fine with
2: him walking? No, I don't have anything against him. I He's uh, very marketable. <laughs> uh, He's a highlight reel, but he also – he's the – I guess he's the worst best player in college basketball is what people would say because he's so volatile. I mean, he can win you games and he can lose you games like like no one I've really ever seen at the college level. He's just – the plays he makes, the passes are just incredible, but the turnovers are uh, disgusting. Um, so, no, I mean – I. I have no problem with him, you know, transferring. Like I totally, you're, you're allowed to do what you want to do. I actually, I, I I have like my whole thing with transferring. I mean, if we're going to view these kids as student athletes, if I'm in college and I, you know, see a better fit for my major or whatever at another school, I, you leave. So as much as I want them to be committed and as much as it makes our job harder (laughs) as fans, I've changed my mind on the transfer portal a little bit. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with people being mad about anyone leaving their program. Like you can do whatever you want as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I'm excited to see what he does there. You know, it seems like it's his team. And Andrew, there was that
0: guy who you kept, uh, who was it? There was a, was it Adam Miller? You kept saying, Oh yeah. 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 It was like, I think he's from around where you are. I like. I think he's from Central Illinois. I don't think he's from Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Where's he at?
2: He's still at LSU. I think he transferred again.
0: Yeah, I think he transferred
1: again. I can't remember where. I um, don't know off the top of my head. Then
2: <laughs> he went to uh, Morgan Park High School. He was actually at our my high school's um, shootout. He played a game, oh. and he was uh, the the gym was just packed for him. He was. He was everything handsome.
0: <laughs> and of course, Andrew is a Michigan fan and their ranked team right now. They're number 20. I was watching that game. I did watch them on Friday night against Eastern Michigan. They came back. Eastern Michigan led for much of that game. Michigan uh, Wolverines were able to close out that game. Hunter Dickinson is still there. Are you? I mean, you probably have a case for why you think your team is going to win the Big Ten this year.
1: I mean, it's uh, you know we'll, we. I know we got to get to Indiana. Um, we will. oh we will. Well we got. Kinda, it's kind of it's kind of the the year of the big man. I think in the Big Ten. Um, you know, you got Trace Jackson Davis coming back to Indiana, uh, Hunter Dickinson coming back to Michigan. Uh, so far, Maddie Sissoko, Michigan State has been really good. Uh, Zach E D at Purdue. Um, you know, it, it tells you, I think something that people don't really think about constructing those all league teams that they need to be like an actual five roster that you could put out on the floor. Cause it was like four centers and a point guard. Uh, and it was like, well, this wouldn't really fly if you tried to do this, but um, you know, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I think Hunter Dickinson is probably one of the better players in the country. Uh, and, you know, when you have one of the better players on your team, that gives you a chance to win every night. Uh, they got a pretty good freshman in Jet Howard, Juwan Son. Um, brought in a couple of guys, uh, another really good point guard, uh, Doug McDaniels, a freshman. And they brought in uh, a guy from backcourt, a grad transfer from Princeton. Um, they're going to need more shooting if, uh, you know, if they can, because if they aren't making shots like they were last year at times, uh, when they barely made the NCAA tournament before making the sweet 16, uh, defense has kind of collapsed on Dickinson. And, um, so if they have enough shooters to keep them honest, uh, they should be good. Um, you know, I think a top three, top four spot in the Big Ten is probably, you know, right. I think I feel like Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, and uh, maybe Michigan State, maybe Iowa, maybe Purdue, depending on how things kind of shake out. Those will probably be your top four, five, six teams in the Big Ten in some order. Um, and I think it'll be one of those where there's not really a dominant team, so anybody can win on any given night, and home court will be important and you know, it's just kind of whichever team, you know, shows up, I think, uh, uh, the most or I guess is all there will we'll have the best shot to win. But it should make for a very, very entertaining, you know, conference season once we get in the conference play. Because, you know, you look at like we're talking about the Big 12, right? And you look at there's Texas and Kansas and Baylor and then TCU is kind of in a tier below that. And then you get questions about schools like Texas Tech. Well There's not, you know, that there's not. I don't think right now, at least anyway, there isn't a team in the Big Ten that's kind of separated itself to be, we're going to be kind of top shelf, upper echelon, everybody come get us. I know a lot of uh, folks think that might be Indiana. Um, So, you know, maybe maybe that turns out to be the case. But if not, there could be, you know, five, six teams. If you told me, hey, this team's going to win the Big Ten, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So it should make for some really entertaining conference games, I think.
0: We're looking at a a deep Big Ten – or at least a, a lot of good teams, but no real great team. Potentially, that means that are we are we looking at again then another year without a Big Ten national champion?
1: I mean, it seems pretty likely. I mean, but on the flip side, you know, you never know what happens come the middle of March. Like we talked about this before, the the team that wins the NCAA tournament is rarely, I mean, not rarely, but not always the team that we identify as the one who's been the best all season long. It's the team who, you know, gets it together and can win six games in a row. So, um, you know, certainly there are, there's enough talent on some of the big 10 rosters to do that. It's just uh, a matter of they aren't right now projected to be up near the top, but you know, I've learned to not have anything surprised, not be surprised by anything anymore when it comes to this stuff. So while I would say it's not likely that, you know, I mean, Terrence Shannon Jr. could be the next coming of Paula Vencaro or something and just put Illinois on his back and carry him to Houston. So um, you never know. Uh, I would say not likely now, but, you know, it's one of those where, uh, you know, you shake the magic eight ball and it says, answer unclear, ask again later. (laughs) Ryan, any thoughts?
2: Win a national championship, uh, is that streak going to end? I doubt it. However, I don't think tournament success, when you look at it from a bigger perspective or a larger perspective, has been an issue for the Big Ten. I think they almost always, the last two years have been different. The last two years have been pretty bad for the Big Ten. However, before that, a lot of teams make it to the second weekend, usually have a Final Four team. Six teams have lost in the national championship game. So we've had six straight uh, losing losing teams that made it out of the Big Ten. Um, or six straight big ten teams have lost in the national championship since the uh, since Michigan State won. And uh, I I think we'll see a team go far. I think we'll see at least a couple make the second weekend, but I don't think any will win. Um, also Adam Miller is still at S, uh, still at LSU. He entered the transfer portal but went back. Ah, uh, very good. And uh, to I guess if we're closing the book on the Big Ten, I will never trust Purdue again. Um,
0: (laughs) I was just about to say with Purdue, people uh, (laughs) last year, I remember talking to some Purdue fans, and it was like, is it ever going to happen when you have this team last year, the team they had, and did they lose in the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8?
1: Lost in the Sweet 16 to St. Pete. Yeah,
0: they lost to St. Pete in the Sweet 16, had a just – like on paper, I know. I remember Ryan and I talking about like this is such a complete team that can do everything. You've got a dominant big guy. You've got a, a lottery pick who can shoot. A really good, well-rounded team couldn't get it done, and
2: yeah. So Ryan, you don't trust him anymore, huh? I, that team last year, I don't. I don't believe, or I don't care much about seeding in the NCAA tournament. But them being a three seed was a massive, massive um, underachievement. There's no reason that team should not have been on the not have been a one seed. They were that good, and they were that complete, and they had everything. They I don't see how they can top that, and they lost to St. Peter. So I'm just like, I'm done picking them because <laughs> I've always thought that they, they've always been classic underachiever. I feel like in the tournament and last year, I'm like, okay, stigma, not gonna think about it. This team's too good. Um, I think. I had Gonzaga winning Purdue was my second team. I didn't have them in the championship cause they were on the same side as Gonzaga. But yeah, I'm, I'm done I, until they prove me wrong. I'm, I'm done. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and, and, and maybe this, maybe this is the year, right? Like you don't know. I, I feel like so many times it happens where like, it's not the team that's the most hyped that, that has the most success. It's kind of the team after that. Right. And there was the Carson Edwards team in 2019 and, you know, if it hadn't been for that shot against Virginia and winning in overtime, they go to a Final Four, and who knows what they do at the Final Four. Uh, if they can win the national title, maybe they beat Auburn and then Texas Tech like Virginia did. But now, the, I mean, this team's not nearly as heralded, right? They're, they're unranked currently. But, you know, how many teams are going to be able to – if Zach Eady can stay on the floor, how many people are going to be able to, to match up with what he has? Now, it's a little bit different probably in the Big Ten because we just talked about, right, there are guys like Trace Jackson Davis and Hunter Dickinson. Um, you know, and other fellow big men like that. But, I mean, you know, if when you get into an NCAA tournament game, there aren't going to be a whole lot of teams that are going to be able to match up and, and guard a one-on-one, a 7-1 center. So uh, if they can get some shooting, you know, they, they got a shot. And uh, again, then maybe it'll be one of the unheralded teams that'll come through and end up having the most success. Or maybe it'll just continue to be, uh, you know, Matt Painter will get to the second round, round 32, and then that'll kind of be where uh, the ceiling for his team's. Yeah, it
0: seems like they're always a lock to get through. Maybe not always get through the first weekend. They do it a lot. They get to a lot of Sweet Sixteens. So it depends on how you measure success. Because Valpo, we would gladly take that. Gladly. Yep. <laughs> but no, I like what you said, Andrew, about like last year coming into college football season. It kind of felt like Michigan was at a, a at a low point after the 2020 season with COVID and. There was so much pressure and people saying that Harbaugh should get forced out and, and all of that stuff. And then what happens? They make it to the college football playoffs. So I do think that
1: when the expectations are lowered, that can be a very good thing for a team. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll, we'll transition away from the Big Ten here real briefly, but or momentarily. But I feel like you look at that at Michigan State, too. Uh, they have a lot of guys from last year that, that came back. Um, they, they lost one to graduation, I think one to transfer, but I feel like seven of their top nine from their rotation are are back and they were not nearly as heralded, right? Preseason unranked and they should have beaten Gonzaga on that aircraft carrier game Friday night. I think they were the better team on the floor for 40 minutes. Uh, and then they took it to Kentucky. So, um, you know, they will be heralded and ranked when the polls come out on Monday. But, uh, that seems to be sometimes when Tom Izzo does his best work is when, there aren't a ton of expectations and uh you know Tyson Walker's a really good player Matty Sissoko has been a revelation through three games um they don't have a super deep bench uh which may cause them problems later and maybe they'll develop it but I mean they have a massively difficult non-conference schedule already played Gonzaga and uh Kentucky and I think they still have games against Villanova Alabama and uh a couple other teams that they might play in the PK-85 Invitational so they will be battle tested and uh you know, like I said, this is this is kind of where Tom Izzo's teams tend to shine is when they aren't nearly as highly thought of. Um, so, just a kind of team to keep an eye on, and they certainly made their presence known on Tuesday against Kentucky. Well, we have to at
0: least spend a minute on Indiana because we teased it so much. Uh, what's your read
2: on the Hoosiers this year, Ryan? I think that the 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 biggest mistake that Indiana made over a long period of time, I feel like was firing Tom Crean. I hate it that they did that. I thought that he took that team brought that team from that program from the dead and got him to you know the one seed line you know ranked number one and uh and then yeah they, and had that, they had that they
0: oh. had that era from like when they beat Kentucky it was kind of like the start of when it's like okay, Indiana yeah. basketball is back and then they had you know Oladipo and they had uh Ze- Cody Zeller was a lottery pick and Oladipo was a lottery pick and Noah Vonleh was a lottery pick and they had these very good teams from like I don't know 2011 to 2016 and like you said they were they were a lock to make the tournament it felt like and be a good team each year and then took a big step back after they let him go.
2: Yeah. Crean never, never did much in the tournament, but he got that. He had numerous teams that were um, threats to win the whole thing. And I thought firing him was, I I, I hated it. I didn't like the move for Indiana. Now that they got Mike Woodson though, I think things have changed and I think maybe finally they'll, they'll uh, be good, but they'll, that move will have paid out in a backwards way. Because you know Archie Miller was there in between, but I think with Mike Woodson being there, I think Indiana is you know the favorite to win this year, and I don't think they are going away anytime soon. I think he will be recruiting phenomenally there and coaching phenomenally, and uh, I think Indiana is here to stay.
1: <laughs> Andrew, anything to add to that? You know, I think like I I, I think they are uh, rightfully so. As, as you guys have pointed out, the, the favorites to win the Big Ten right now. Um, and, and like Trace Jackson Davis, I think a lot of people were surprised he decided to come back for another year. And, you know, he was a first-team All-American uh, on a lot of the preseason lists. I, I think uh, first-team All-Big Ten, I can't remember whether he or Hunter Dickinson were the preseason player of the year in the Big Ten. But, um, you know, he he's going to go out and give you monster games all the time. He is a phenomenal player to watch. The thing that, um, and and I think they're kind of mirror images of Michigan in that uh, they need better shooting from the outside. Because just like with Dickinson, with Trace Jackson Davis, you can, you know, he's going to get his. But if you can double him and nobody's making open jump shots, um, that's not going to be a key to success. And I think that's kind of when, you know, what wound Indiana down a year ago. Um, And except for uh, a couple of freshmen, they're basically the same team they had last year. Um, so, you know, if they can get guys to keep making three point shots, uh, and keep defenses honest and allow trace Jackson Davis to work uh, without being double teamed, uh, that's an Indiana game. That's a team that's going to go a long, could go a long way. Um, but they've just got to make sure that they need guys to hit shots. Like, and that was a problem last year. So if, if they fix that and the shooting is better, uh, that'll open more avenues for Jackson Davis and, uh, the sky will be the limit for Mike Woodson's Hoosiers. And they get the nice test tomorrow at Xavier
0: in Cincinnati. So that'll be, be a good one to watch. So, all right, well, Ryan, I know you and I chat quite a bit about where we would rank these conferences. So uh, are you big 10 or sorry, big 12, one, would you say big 10 too? No, year? no, no. Who's two.
2: Um, for like tournament success? or no, no, for, no, just for, like for this season, deep. like depth of the,
0: depth of the league.
2: Well, then maybe big 10,
0: but <laughs> for okay, that, then yeah, after, after big 10, what do you think? Andrew, feel free to chime in here. What do you guys think is going to be the next league? Best league?
1: Yeah, I mean, after that, it's kind of hard, right? Like the ACC is kind of top heavy, right? North Carolina and Duke are really good. Virginia seems to have. You know, kind of rebounded. They were an NIT team a year ago, and they've got a lot of those guys back. Um, had a couple of really good recruits, and, uh, you know, they, they're kind of hanging around. But, like, beyond that, you, you, I don't know about the depth of the rest of that league. Like, they'll probably end up with five or six NCAA tournament teams. But does, you know, Notre Dame, I can't remember. That should have lost to a team from the SOCON. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, Samford or somebody like that. Winthrop. Are they in the SOCON? Was it Winthrop? Was it Winthrop? Okay. Um, I think that sounds right. Uh, so like, I don't know. Like, the top of the ACC is really good, and then the whole rest of that conference is kind of meh. Um, and you
0: know what's funny? I know, uh, the uh, the guys on the I College Basketball podcast, they were talking about this in their season preview. They have so many premier like brand names in this conference that just haven't performed up to what we've seen them as before. Like Pitt, uh, Syracuse is one. Boston College was a really strong team at one point. Boston um, College just lost at
1: home to Maine. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> Louisville. Louisville's another
1: one. Louisville was a power. Oh and three. They still haven't won in the uh new coaches era. That's that's I'm one. old I'm old enough
0: to remember when Georgia Tech had a great team too. Wake Forest, they had a great they had a good team with Chris Paul and Tim Duncan. Like they have a lot of a lot of teams. Boston
2: College. Boston yep. College hasn't been relevant for 15 years. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh used to be on the one line.
0: Yeah. And that, like, look at what Jamie Dixon has done with TCU. You, maybe you regret letting go of Jamie Dixon, but you've had a number of teams that really have underperformed over the last decade plus, especially recently, especially the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's been like, there's, there's a very clear kind of separation uh, more. So I think than you see in kind of the other leagues, like, Again, Duke, Virginia, North Carolina are really good. And then there's a big gap, and then there are a bunch of teams in the middle, and you kind of go, I don't know what to make of all these teams. <laughs> so, um, you know, if we're ranking them next, I'd probably say the Big East is third, to yeah. be honest. Um, you know, like, you look at the Big SEC, East uh, three years ago was sick. That was the best league. And, and you look at the SEC, like, well, you know, Kentucky and Tennessee and Arkansas, they're all kind of, you know, up there. I don't know what to make of Auburn yet. Um, I don't know what to make of Alabama, or Texas A&M or Alabama for that matter. Florida lost uh, a game it shouldn't have. Um, you know, I just don't know what to make of all those teams. Uh, so until we get a little bit more data, I mean, I think I think the Big East, UConn's really good, Creighton's really good. At least they seem to be. You mentioned Zayn.
2: Creighton almost Austin. blew one.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah they, all, they they did not play well in their uh, season opener against uh, St. Thomas, that is for sure. But, um, you know, Georgetown's even 2-1. and one. Uh, They needed overtime to beat Coppin State to end a big losing streak. But it, it, I, I think probably if we're going top to bottom next, I think it would be probably the Big East and then maybe the SEC and we could then the ACC. Yeah. <laughs> um, ACC ACC and
2: SEC are so close because they both have the same problem of a couple really top teams. And then just the bottom of both are just really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kentucky should be great again
0: this year, even though they lost. And then... I I like Arkansas. I think Musselman's done a tremendous job with that program and really bringing right. you want to talk about resurrecting a program. That's a program that won. I think it was 94. I want to say the one national championship. Yeah. The year I was born. Thank you, Andrew, for nodding your head. I appreciate that. (laughs) But I mean, they're, they're back and Bruce Pearl's done a great job at Auburn. So I think I, I like both of those teams just, kind of based on the coach and the track record that those guys are already putting together at their new programs. But then well, yeah, like you said, Tennessee loses that game in Nashville the other day. That was it didn't look good. And yeah, and AM, you know, Murray State has been leading them this afternoon and be interesting to see what happens there.
2: I have a question. Yes. Go off script a little bit or off topic a little bit, but perfect. We love. Who that. do you think the who's like the player to watch? Because unlike years past, like the the three of the top four guys on the NBA boards are either in the G League or they're like Victor Wembanyama, Yana in uh, France. So we don't have like this. It's kind of open to like especially the freshmen. Like I know Drew Timmy is probably going to put up the best numbers, but I think people want to see someone new. Who's like, I think it's open. Are you, do you, Do either of you have your thoughts on like a certain freshman that is going to take the league by storm?
0: That's an Andrew question because I don't know much about <laughs> these freshmen
2: yet. Because <laughs> no one's standing out to me. No one's standing out to me.
1: No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I come at this as a – much more of a college basketball fan as opposed to like knowing whose skills translate best to the NBA. So maybe I'm not the best to answer this, Um, but I really like Grady Dick's game at Kansas. Uh, You know, he's, he's uh, a long athletic wing uh, who can shoot pretty well. He uh, is from not too far from here. He went to, I think, Sunrise Christian um, in Kansas. And uh, so far he's been pretty impressive. Um, you know, that, you know, it's like Kentucky and Duke and all those guys, they kind of reload on freshmen, right? I think a lot of people are excited to see Derek Lively play. I know he, uh, got his first action over the weekend and then in the champions classic. Um, those are a couple of guys who are, if you're looking for, um, you know, freshmen, um, aside from that, uh, guys who might be a little bit more unheralded maybe, but, uh, have been on campus for a while. Oof um that's a good question um (laughs) like well
2: it's not easy to answer because i can't no one i mean like drew timmy stands out but
0: well i think i think the there's some like we talked about some of the guys in big 10 but that's big 10 play it's not maybe Mm -hmm. the national game that's going to be really exciting like i personally enjoy watching big men battle each other. And so that's going to be something that I'm really going to enjoy in the big 10. But I know that, you know, that that's one of the things that's great about college basketball is you have 365 or however many teams, a lot of teams that play very differently and have different styles. So you can be attracted to different styles. You can like seeing different kinds of players go up against each other. Whereas one of my big criticisms with, with the NBA is what the league has turned into, where, it's really primarily, uh, and I know there, there are intricacies and subtleties that I'm going to overlook by saying this, but really it's turned into a three-point shooting league. And there's very little uh, like that battle of big kind of stuff that I grew up watching as a kid. So that's, that's something that I'm interested in and all those big men that we talked about in the Big Ten. But yeah, in terms of like one guy who's like a Zion who's going to take the league by storm, I don't know who that is.
1: Well, let me be prisoner of the moment and give you somebody to watch. I don't know how his skill set translates to the the next level, but uh, keep the name Tyrese Hunter in your mind. If you watched Iowa State last year, I know you guys are both in the Big 12, so you probably have, um, but, you know, he kind of came on and was uh, the reason kind of T.J. Otzelberger's team made the Sweet 16 uh, and was beloved in Ames, decided to transfer. A lot of people thought he was going to end up in North Carolina. He ended up in Texas. And uh, he was phenomenal last night uh, for the Longhorns as uh, they upset Gonzaga. And, um, you know, if Chris Beard's club, they've got Marcus Carr. They've got a lot of guys who come from a lot of different programs uh, built kind of in a similar vein, like uh, Musselman has built Arkansas. But uh, if he can uh, play like he did last night, um, he was he was remarkable. Uh, You know, Texas can this is, I think, probably easily the most talented Texas team since Kevin Durant. Um, And, you know, it was Durant and a bunch of other guys. So you're probably going back to the TJ Ford years uh, when they made – TJ Augustine. Yeah, uh, when they made the Elite Eight uh, and and Final Four and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think a guy like Tavis Hunter, I don't know enough. I mean, he's 6 feet, 175. I don't know whether that translates well to to the NBA, but he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on who – has started to get recognition beyond just, uh, you know, teams who kind of followed Iowa, State, the fans who followed Iowa State or the Big 12. Uh, and he could be in for a really big year. I got a question for you, Ryan, as the NBA fan of the panel.
2: So my question is. Well, that's, is, I mean, of the panel, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's what I said, of the panel. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't want to like, I mean, college basketball is like, I would take, I mean, it would take the NBA to multiply by a hundred for match college basketball.
0: So I just want to make sure that's out there. All right. Very good. So my question though, to you, cause we talk about this a lot is college basketball would be better if these guys stayed longer. That's a general thing that we discuss a lot. And maybe it's and actually, as I say that maybe it's actually working out, right now that it's good that not everyone is staying because of how many, how crowded this is because of COVID we've got all these guys for the next three years. So maybe I would say right now, it's probably a good thing that we have the one and done's. but if we're talking past, you know, four years from now, when we're looking at normal quote unquote college basketball, my question is, cause we talk about how guys staying, if the NBA said, if they did it like baseball, You can come out after your senior year of high school or you can go to junior college. I guess you could play in the G League or if you play college, you have to stay for three years. If that happened, do you think that would make the NBA better? Because now you're having guys coming into the league, hopefully a little more polished and hopefully a little more mature and grown up because they've ideally, obviously, you're going to have those freaks who are you know 18 years old who come in and they're ready to play but a lot of guys aren't a lot of guys come out early and maybe they're not there much uh, mentally physically in terms of maturity do you think that would make the nba better if they've made those draft requirements that i just suggested
2: for the nba fan maybe but for the college basketball fan i don't think it would change much because they look at 21 and 22 year olds, which is what your junior is going to be as old. And if you think about it, like there's a couple, but the the top guys in the NBA, there's hardly any that were, that came in at 21 or 22 now.
0: Well, that would change sure. because they're either coming in now at 18 or 21. Hypothetically. I don't
2: think it would change. I think you'd have a mass exodus of high schoolers going overseas or going in the G league. I think there'd be, so few that there, there would be a few hidden gems, but most of the people that flourish in the NBA were highly touted high schoolers. So I, I don't think it's going to, I, I don't think college basketball would in, in an idealistic world. Yes. But I don't think college basketball is going to want to do this because they're going to lose out on the top talent for that first year. Cause so many more aren't going to go to college. So idealistic, yeah. Ideally, yes, it would, but I don't think this is gonna. It would work out ideally.
1: I mean, I think it'll. I think water will find its level, right? Um, You know, I think you might get some. Like there'll be more guys who won't. You know, like we wouldn't have gotten Apollo Benkerro, right? We wouldn't have gotten a Zion Williamson. Um, But you know, conversely, if you you get that, um, you get guys who end up being more. You know polished and and things like that and get to watch guys kind of grow and go through the skill set and things like that so i think there would be some positives some negatives um you know
0: like you would have if let's say we lost those guys totally we're still gonna have stars they just might not be nba stars and then those stars are going to be around for three years rather than one year
1: yeah i mean i think you i think you'd see more of guys developing going the steph curry route like right like steph curry wasn't Great as a freshman, it was at the end of his sophomore year when he led him to the Elite Eight. Then he decided to come back for his junior year, and they didn't make the NCAA tournament, but they had a nice run in the NIT. I think you'd see more like that. You would see fewer guys who are ready necessarily to make a big impact immediately, um, and then they would go and they would develop. I, th- I, I think that's what would happen. Um, so just be different. It wouldn't be wouldn't necessarily be good, better, or worse. Just different.
0: All right, very good. So, Andrew, you only have about five more minutes with us. So uh, what direction would you like to steer this boat in? Uh,
1: let's talk some mid-major teams. Some, very some good. teams yeah. some teams you might need to keep an eye on. Um, you know, just, just kind of keep them in the back of your mind right now. And uh, we'll, we'll drag them back out, hopefully, uh, in March. You know, conference tournaments are kind of fickle. Uh, now, the SoCon, keep an eye on the Furman Paladins. Uh, They nearly made the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, East Tennessee State hit a a buzzer-beating three-pointer to win that game in overtime. And uh, then, uh, as Ryan is well familiar, East Tennessee State nearly upset Illinois in the first round. Um, And and Furman brings back basically all of their roster, um, and they're they're really good and primed to be – Trying to be good again, um, you know. I don't know where we kind of want to stretch the the label of of mid major leagues on the the Atlantic Ten. Uh, St. Louis, uh, they are another high quality program. They've gotten some really good wins already. They beat Memphis uh, the other night, uh, and they have a nice. Uh, they rolled Murray State uh, to open the season. Um, so uh, Travis Ford's Billikens, they've got uh, a really good high quality team there. They just missed out. Uh, on being in the uh, NCAA tournament last year, lost to Davidson in the Atlantic 10 semifinals and probably need to get to the finals to get an at-large bid. Um, but they are another team uh, worth keeping an eye on. I don't know if we didn't mention San Diego State. They're in the Mountain West. The Mountain West doesn't really necessarily qualify as a mid-major league anymore. They're also ranked in the top 25, uh, but uh, they just keep kind of that thing humming along. Um, you know, in terms of storylines, Uh, mid major storylines. I'm really interested to see how Murray State and Belmont fare in the Missouri Valley. Uh, You know, they make the move from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley and kind of how that turns out. Um, you know, same thing with Loyola, they've gone from the Missouri Valley now to the Atlantic 10 uh, and and how they fare in their first league, the first year there with uh, Drew Valentine uh, in his second season as head coach. Um, a couple other teams quickly uh Drake out of the Missouri Valley so the the top half of the valley could be outstanding yeah and um you know uh, uh Toledo squad they may be the the head of the mac uh we kind of got to see them they uh, beat Valpo in their opening game uh to start the season they've got a lot of players back from their rosters so uh just a lot of really talented you know the, the depth of the the mid major programs if the teams who are kind of supposed to win their conferences can get there. I think there are going to be a lot of, you know, we look at the bracket, a lot of 11, 12, 13, and 14 seeds that uh, could be primed to uh, pull off an upset and maybe make a, a St. Peter's-like run. Yeah, yeah I like, I like uh, GCU. GCU. Bryce Drew, yes, they're, they're another one out of the whack. Uh, Bryce Drew, he's, he's built himself, uh, you know, a nice little program. Started with Dan Marley. And then uh you know, Bryce came in and, and just kind of kept building and kept going and they, they made the uh, twenty twenty one NCA tournament and uh you know they're off to a good start, two and one. And New Mexico State won a game of the tournament last year too. Yep, Teddy Allen they almost won a sweet sixteen they almost won uh their second round game gets the sweet sixteen. Uh that was you know, so the WAC the WAC has played well and uh yeah, they've got uh good players out there in, in uh Phoenix and uh yeah, you know, so uh, a lot of good mid-major programs that are going to be worth tracking throughout the year, uh, so that when you go to fill out your bracket in March, you're not totally surprised by who this team on the thirteen line is that that might beat you.
0: Also, the storyline: the American Athletic Conference's final year as a Power Six conference.
1: Yeah, yeah, before it, uh, right before it, you know, Cincinnati. And uh, UCF loses in that, that uh, you know, that's a move mostly for football, right? But um, that league will look vastly different. Teams coming from the Sun Belt and, and Conference USA. And uh, so that league's going to look vastly different next year. Um, and, uh, you know, losing Cincinnati, I think, will hurt that league. Uh, and Houston, obviously. You know, Houston also going to the Big 12. Kelvin Sampson there, you know, I mean, I don't know whether we'd say power six jokingly, right? I mean, Houston is, <laughs> Houston's like Gonzaga, right? They've kind of graduated from being one of those mid-major teams uh, in spite still being in a league that's not necessarily a power conference. And, uh, you know, there was a time where if things had broken right on Friday night when uh, North Carolina was down at halftime to Charleston and Gonzaga was losing to Michigan State, it looked for a while like Houston was going to be number one in the country uh, come Monday. didn't end up turning out that way, but I imagine they'll be number two as they keep winning. After Gonzaga lost, um, you know, and, and Kelvin Sampson has built a tremendous program there, and that's one that uh, that loss, Houston and Cincinnati. Not I mean UCF to a lesser extent, right? We mentioned they were in the cup in the NCAA tournament a couple of years ago, but uh, you know, those are a couple of losses that are going to be felt pretty sincerely when uh, they make the move to the Big Twelve next year, and just going to serve to make the Big Twelve even more difficult.
0: That Big Ten is going to be a gauntlet next year. It's going to be fun to watch. Ryan, do you remember the uh, the Power Six conference? Okay, Andrew's taking off. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew's uh, got a run. He's got some stuff. You remember the Power Six marketing scheme for, like five years ago? For the American. Yes, I do.
2: I remember it's, you telling me that. I never so saw funny. it. But okay,
0: it was. It's funny to look back on. They say for those who are listening, you don't remember. They used to air these commercials. Where it would say like the American Power Six, a Power Six conference. So of course, everyone knows the Power Five. They were really trying to. It was like when um Stacy King said Michael Jordan and I combined for forty points last night. Stacy King scored four
2: points. <laughs> yeah, I mean the geez, the um, uh, Atlantic 10's definitely better than the. Uh, I mean, especially, I mean, I mean Houston's going to skew it because they're a title contender. But Atlantic 10 better, I think, right now. Mountain West better, I think. Um, yeah,
0: Mountain West is better. Uh, Missouri Valley
2: might be better, too. Might be. Might be. I mean, really, like West Coast Conference, a- when BYU and um, uh, St. Mary's are both clicking, they're right there. So.
0: If you want to talk about depth, though, I mean, I should pull up. Let me look at the. Let me get the American here. Oh, that's football. we not. We don't want football. Right <laughs> uh, American Athletic, right now. Oh, SEC standings. No, I want American. Okay, it's Houston. I I think Cincinnati will probably be like if I'm if I'm thinking about who's a tournament team or how many tournament teams do you have in this group. I think you got Houston, like you got Cincinnati's, you know, they're generally a strong team. And then Memphis should be again, like Memphis has been very disappointing, but it's all there in this league. Yep. And then it's going to be like when, when these teams leave, it's going to be like Memphis in the old conference USA with Cal. It's going to be Memphis. They It's a league that they should typically win every single year.
2: Yeah, I mean Memphis uh, on paper should have been in the tournament the past, you know, three four years. Was it last year they started out just brutal? Yeah, like almost climbed their way
0: all the way back. Uh, Penny got pretty mad at the reporters. He snapped. Yeah, I remember that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> lost. Be- yeah, they lost to um, uh, Tom Crean's Georgia team. That was a bad loss. Lost to uh, they had another really bad one. Eastern Carolina
0: is three and zero. They have not made the tournament since I think it was nineteen
2: ninety three. Okay,
0: I'm I'm not putting my money on it happening. Not a,
2: bas- <laughs> not a basketball school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're good at baseball.
2: Yeah,
0: pretty good baseball team. Um, let's see, who else should we talk about? I guess we didn't talk Pac twelve at all, did we?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We all go to sleep mean? before then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you don't now, but
0: well, now I'm I'm back to going to bed yeah. at regular hours. Yeah, you can uh, be
2: our. Oh, I was gonna say you could be our Pac-12 guy. Um, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I mean, UCLA is really good. Illinois is gonna get a crack at them tomorrow night, so that should be a fun game. Um, I guess Colorado's volatile. They've already established yeah. that.
0: Colorado uh, and the Pac-12 just never has felt right to me. I still think of them as just Big 12 being the right fit for them.
2: Right. Um, Oregon lost already.
0: Yep, they lost. The ranked the team, they One lost of the few ranked teams. It. Oregon to lost game. to UC Irvine by 13 points.
2: I mean, UC Irvine's usually okay. I mean, they're usually a pretty good mid-major, but... Um, who else? Those Arizona. Your is not what they are le- what they were last year.
0: Last year we we weren't, I don't think anyone was that high on them coming into the season, though. I think they really
2: Yeah. I mean they I, thought, they
0: I remember I thought we were talking about last year in the preview, we were talking about Arizona State being better than Arizona. It was that expectation coming into the year.
2: And, and UCLA were, was really high up coming in last yeah, year. Yeah,
0: but I meant, I meant in terms of the the Arizona schools. And it uh, didn't end up going out, didn't work out that way. Arizona State was not great last year. Arizona
2: was. Gotcha. Yeah, that's
0: right. Utah is yeah, normally I, good.
2: Yes, Arizona State was one of the last unbeatens, I think, now that you said that last year or you no 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 USC was USC was USC yeah, was USC it. was
0: no yeah, Arizona high. State was not USC Utah like those those schools are typically pretty good mm-hmm. Oregon State had that run to the I think it was the Elite 8 uh 2021 <laughs> it was
2: so out of nowhere <laughs> not just the not just the March Madness turn not just the NCAA tournament run they had their Pac 12 run before that they did yeah,
0: did they win like four straight? Did they play four straight days? Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, okay, is there anyone that you like in the Pac-12, especially
2: like UCLA? I don't think anyone stands out as like an absolute juggernaut, but UCLA is going to be a you know they'll they'll be a top four seed, I think. Um, outside of that. Uh, Stanford hasn't been good in a while. I mean, Stanford used to be in the tournament every year for a while, but now, yeah, the
0: Lopez brothers,
2: right? Right, um, Washington, which is your
0: favorite? Do you have a favorite Lopez brother? Oh, Robin, it's easily Robin. Robin's (laughs) way cooler, yeah. Robin looks like the one of the South Park creators, can't remember which (laughs) he does. Is that his name? Yeah, they look like they could be related.
2: And do you know the only reason why I know what they look like?
0: Basketball? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> he does look like him. That's good. That's really good.
0: <laughs> he does. Um, okay. And then, all right, well, we, t- we sort of, I mean, we talked about the SEC. I'm curious if there's anyone that you like besides Kentucky.
2: Arkansas. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Are you still, are you still, um, I'm update. on the bus Plus, Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they love you.
0: <laughs> they did. I don't know if they still do. I mean, that was... I. So those are listening. I think it was... Uh, yeah, it was two years ago, and I was just tweeting about how Arkansas... A lot of people weren't paying a whole lot of attention to them, but they really went on a strong run before uh, the... I think they got to the Sweet 16. Maybe it was the Elite Eight. I can't remember. They they had a nice... they. 2021 was kind of like their reemergent season and I was taking notice of it. And I had two different times where I had a tweet about muscle men with no hashtags, didn't tag anybody and the tweet just blew up and I had all these Arkansas fans then who kind of were like checking out my content and listening to podcasts. I don't know if we're still big in Arkansas anymore. maybe, I just know, I mean, maybe just Pine Bluff.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, SEC just, they got like. Um, oh, and the reason why, by the way, the reason why those tweets blew up were because Eric Musselman liked the tweets. And he certainly was, maybe it's not him. Maybe someone runs his Twitter account for him. He was definitely searching his name. Because <laughs> I don't know why he would see that tweet otherwise.
2: I do know. Yeah, SEC, yeah. Yeah, SEC coaches, like they got a lot of good new ones, a lot of good yeah. new faces. Like maybe, you know, with Shashewski being gone and some of these other guys getting a lot of the faces of college basketball coaching are on the way out. Like Jim Beheim's gonna be out soon. Um a couple who are like um Roy Williams is gone. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of they the, you know, like maybe Jay Monson. Wright is gone. Jay Wright's gone, yeah. We, um, we
0: always forget that Jay Wright is no longer coaching. He just right. slipped away in the middle of the night,
2: which I couldn't believe because I think I said it on the selection show pod with you that with Shashovsky gone, I think Jay Wright might be the new the new guy, and then he was gone. Like,
0: yeah, you did say that, and that was uh, surprising because he's only like I think he's only like fifty eight or sixty. Like, he's yeah. not, yeah, he's like mid fifties to early sixties, like. And I feel like people are working later than they used to. Like, I feel like 65, 20 years ago is like what
2: 75 would be now. I mean, the Illinois teachers, whatever it was, it's 67 now and it was just 55. So there you go.
0: Maybe I said that wrong. Maybe I meant to say 75 now is what 65 used to be. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. No, people are working longer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, But uh, Hey, that's a, if you, if you can retire early and you can spend more time with your family and do the things you love, then we support that on this podcast. We're not going to hate on that, but Mm -hmm. it definitely, there was no indicators that he was approaching retirement. Maybe he, I, I don't know. We can't figure out why he did, but that was definitely a big surprise. But yeah, as you're saying, there's like some new stars, college basketball, mm-hmm. new faces. Paul well, Sullivan's a good example.
2: Yeah, and Nate Oates. Um, yeah, McMahon is it McMahon at um or McMahon at um, LSU after uh, Will Wade left his yeah. mark. Um, yeah. The, also, maybe J. I mean, maybe the transfer portal burnt him out a little bit. I know a lot of the coaches talk about transfer portal really burns you out because now you you're you're not just recruiting high schoolers, you're recruiting college kids too. You got it, recruiting's double what it used to be. Yeah,
0: and keeping your kids from leaving too.
2: Yeah. If so J. Wright seems like someone, J. Wright usually had um older teams, so you know maybe yeah. that weighed on him. I mean, this well, you, need to be. Yeah,
0: but you have to make sure like it's got to be harder to keep guys to stay at your school. So everyone's transferring. And then we have this, ex- like we talk about, we have more people in college, more players in college basketball right now than we've ever had before because mm-hmm. of COVID we gave, you know, it was a good thing that we offer that extra year of eligibility. And in fact, I wish something could have been done for the seniors of 2020. Those guys, uh, we really missed out on an amazing tournament and that's a mm-hmm. conversation that we'll always bring up, but I, I don't know
2: how Dayton fans could ever get over that.
0: I've got a friend from Dayton and we were talking about that. Actually, he's Daniel Narcessian, he supplies me with White Sox tickets. Sometimes he works for the team. And uh, I was at a game with Joe Hedstrom and Ben Cricky from this Valpo team a couple months ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, you guys play a Balbo. And we're like, yeah. Or they were like, yeah. And he's like, where'd you go? And Danny's like, Dayton. And uh, Rant with a lot of expletives incoming after that. (laughs) I get it. I get it. San Diego State, another one, too. I mean, San Diego State has had more success, I would say, than Dayton has. But they're two teams that were like, these are going to be one seeds in the tournament mm-hmm. out of the A10 and the Mountain West, mm-hmm. but it'll happen again. We'll have other teams like that at the top, it just might not be those teams. Yeah, so okay. Well, what is there anything else that we haven't gotten to today? Like any conferences, teams, bold predictions?
2: Um, anything that's standing out. <sighs> I mean I know on your selection show pod I talked about how much I, I I I know it's not out there but I want to believe there is a formula to somehow fill out a better bracket whether and and it's not going to be one thing like numerous stats pushed together numerous ideas whatever I talked about how I was really valuing like home and away records like could you win on the road like how much was your home and I was thinking earlier maybe that maybe Purdue always does better in the regular season because Mackey's so hard to play at but then I didn't say anything because I remembered how last year I said that I was low on Kansas because Kansas went like undefeated at home and they lost like seven games on the road well Okay, that didn't. <laughs> that meant nothing. <laughs> won the whole thing. Like I was like, maybe they just really thrive with rock chalk, but no. Um, yeah, so. do you
0: have a new formula to figure out what what it's going to be? I will.
2: I have a new fa- formula that'll fail, but <laughs> you just are um, figuring
0: it out right now. You don't know what it is. Yeah,
2: I'm figuring it out. There's not enough of a sample size. You know, with only forty years about 40 years of this uh, 64 team field plus 64 plus one plus three more field there's not there's not enough data. there's not enough data for us so that's that's what I blame. but yeah
0: All right, well, I think we covered everything today, everything that we could because I as I said, I'm just kind of revving up with the college hoof stuff. There's a lot mm-hmm. that I haven't been able to watch yet. For I, I felt like I've been a little out of the loop compared to where I've been in the past. TCU's got a chance to write their ship tonight with a win. They've got UL Monroe coming into town. It's a 17 point spread. TCU has won by one point, 11 points, and lost by one point. So maybe this is a coming out party for the frogs, but. I keep putting my hopes
2: into that. Mm-hmm. I, I have two things to say, I guess, if we're ending it. One, if you like upsets, which if you're a college basketball fan, of course you do. Who doesn't like upsets? Those aren't going away. It's going to, you know, we're going to have as much, if not more than ever. And then second, if you Hold like that. March Madness, you should have fun these next couple weeks. There's a lot of great pre, or, um, pre-conference tournaments that are about to happen. You know, there, there's, there's more than there ever was before. Of course, there's a classic ones like the Maui one. But there's a lot of really good tournaments starting soon where you're going to see a lot of these top teams go up against each other. So that should be a lot of fun.
0: You just reminded me in terms of upsets. Who did South Dakota State beat last year? Was it Oregon State? In what? Like just early tournament? season? No, it was early oh, season. I was say. Was, there was a... Big win that South Dakota State had. I like a buzzer. Well,
2: they lost to Providence in the tournament. Um, as it was in the regular season. I'm
0: going to look it up. It's yeah. driving me crazy to find this out. Uh, you got any upsets that you're looking out for this week? Any games that you're excited to watch?
2: I mean, the Illinois upsets UCLA. <laughs> <laughs> um, when is that game? I think tomorrow. I think It'll be, uh, it'll be cool if we... Baylor's on the other side, so if we run into Baylor and Ma, uh, Meyer gets to play Baylor, that'll be kind of cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, South Dakota State last year. Oh, man. They had a game. Who
2: was it? it wasn't Arkansas, was it?
0: No, they played them last night. Oh. I it, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong team. If I'm thinking of the wrong team or the wrong year, that's embarrassing. Um, no, that wasn't it. Washington state. That was their first. I think it was their first win against the power five school. And they that had a buzzer. Count. That doesn't count.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't as uh it wasn't as mm-hmm. big. I, I thought it was a pac 12 team. I got that part, right? Hardly. It wasn't... <laughs> Are they, I mean, they had a pretty strong start in football this year before their quarterback got hurt. They were right there with Oregon early in the season.
2: So, you know me, I'm all basketball, and I just, Washington State has like never been on my radar. For if you had me name the top big 12, if not to turn this into, I did not expect this to turn into the roast of Washington State, but <laughs> I guess that's where you get an hour and 15 minutes into a podcast sometimes. <laughs> um, you've had me list the Pac 12 teams. I'd probably be, uh, you know, struggling to figure out that last one, and it would be Washington State. <laughs> so. Well,
0: I should have. You know, speaking of football, I should have had you and Andrew mention that this is the big Michigan Illinois game this weekend.
2: Oh, it would have carried more won. weight about two weeks ago. <laughs> it doesn't really, I mean, like, I mean, it matters for Illinois because they have to win to stay alive in the. But they're not in the, the driver's home. seat anymore. Well, yeah. The, for the Big the, Ten West. The Big Ten West is playing for the honor of winning the big 10 last and getting the opportunity to get absolutely shellacked by either <laughs> Michigan or Ohio state. <laughs> so, or, um or even is Penn state still in it too? They, I, I think
0: they, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, there's two weeks left. So yeah, they're yeah. still in it, but they're
2: really working on a case here to, re reorder reorder this conference because it it's not been
0: good. i mean that case has been there for years though it's yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. better than what the it's better than what the big 12 does the big 12 they just take the top two teams top two records yeah. and then they have to play each other so uh sometimes you get teams playing each other two weeks in a row mm-hmm. and it's hard to beat a good team two weeks in a row and then right. several times they've shot themselves in the foot as a conference and lost out on having their best team going to the college football playoff because of that structure. So I don't know. I mean, there's a case that they could get rid of this, but it's actually probably set up well for the best team in the big 10 to go to the playoff. So whichever team wins that big 10 East, is probably going to go to the playoff if, because they're, they're not going to, I mean, obviously they have to not always, not a big 10 a conference champion isn't always a team that has the kind of resume to get into that playoff but you know what i'm saying
2: i mean usually iowa or wisconsin's good enough to rationalize the big 10 uh, west but not this year
0: iowa wisconsin northwestern but even all three of them there's always just like they're not they're not up to the level of these other guys. Like it, it, it's always been the case. Sometimes Wisconsin will beat Ohio state. Like the one year where it felt like things were even was when it was Michigan state winning the big 10 East and going against Iowa in the big 10 championship game. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. So, all right, well, Ryan, this was a lot of fun. So do you want to, uh, you want to float out your Twitter handle or Instagram or anything, or you want to stay
2: anonymous? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> It's probably my name. I think it's at underscore packet. Okay. Well, if you care enough, <laughs> you go figure it out for me. <laughs> Whoever that is. All right. Uh, so no, just ha- and, you know, always a blast. You know, thanks for having me. I, I um, you know, I, I was going more macro today. I don't. I don't have the intel on each team. No. Um, as We're as I all gathering emotes.
0: data right now. We're yeah. All researching. So,
2: macro perspective really fun to talk about this and uh, hopefully I look forward to looking at this from a more micro perspective.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we'll definitely have to have you guys uh, on together again. That was fun.
2: Oh, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. He's great. (laughs) (laughs) So much going on.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Ryan. Okay, guys. So thank you all for tuning in to today's podcast episode. As I mentioned, we'll be back next week speaking with Dr. Sean Kniff. From Survivor Borneo The first season ever of Survivor First time we've ever had Someone from the First season or the second season I've never had someone from that early In the show's history So if you guys have questions make sure you tweet them at me At Jack Vita Show On Twitter also on Instagram And Facebook at Jack Vita Show Follow along for more announcements And content coming soon Uh, And then subscribe to this podcast On YouTube Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever that, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, hit subscribe, and you won't miss another episode that we put out there. So until our next episode, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters.